last week, as, as Steffi said, we started Back to Basics, and it's my job this week to look at a topic that came through on the tracker quite a lot, actually, um, it, and it's called Hearing from God. What a great question that is. How do we hear from God? Does anybody want to know that? Well, I've got to say this morning, we have not got time this morning to go over this topic. It is a huge topic. We could spend all year and probably the next 10 years if we wanted to look at how we hear from God, could we not? So, you know, you've tasked me with a task this morning, and hopefully I'm just going to share some thoughts. Some of them might feel, seem a bit random. Hopefully a few, you know, attest to me about how I've heard from God. And, but ultimately, hopefully some of the things I give you will be a bit helpful. You can take them away. You can ponder them. Um, they may give you a hunger for, I want to hear, who wants to hear from God? I know you all do because you're here this morning, right? You, you want something of God. You might not fully understand, but you, you have a desire because you've come to church. So you, you, you're seeking God in a way that you want to hear from God. So it's a great question, I think, um, but it's, it, it's kind of hard answer in some ways. But hopefully I'm going to give us three things we can do to help us hear from God. That's a preacher's thing, right? Three things. Is that okay? Three things. Because, you know, if I give you ten things, you'll probably remember two. The rest you won't remember. Yeah? So three things. Um, We're going to start off with Romans 10, verse 17. It's Paul writing, and he says this. Consequently, faith comes from hearing. So your faith is not going to... It's not necessarily going to increase by what you see... What the Bible teaches is that it's about what we hear. And not hear with just our normal ears, but hear with our heart, which is in, or our spirit. Okay, does that make sense? So God has, God has called us and he's, and he's made us in his image. And I believe we can hear from God. Does anybody else believe that? He wants us to hear. He's not like hiding, I don't want you to hear from me. He's actually spoken and he's speaking. And it's our job to tune into what he's already said. Does that make sense? So the issue isn't with God, the issue is with our ability to hear what he actually says. Fair enough? So faith comes from hearing the message. Okay? Pretty basic this morning. We're going back to basics, right? This is lesson 101. Where does faith come from? Hearing. Hearing what? The message. What message? Jesus Christ. Does anybody want to hear from God this morning? Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So if you want to hear from God, lesson number 101, it's going to come from hearing, not seeing. I remember before I was a Christian, I I heard messages about God. I saw my mom walking with God and talking about God. I went to church probably about five times before the age of 27 apart from funerals and weddings but I would hear messages and I would like is that true what are they on about I don't see anything I don't experience anything and I would sit there hearing these messages and I'd want to respond but then I'd have other things in life that I wanted to get on with like mates and girls and football they were like the more important thing but I'd hear this message but I wouldn't respond to the message I remember going to Africa and whilst I was 
27. I was kind of searching maybe a bit in life, but I didn't really know what. And I remember going to a church service in Africa and saying, right, God, you're telling people to come to the front of this service, and they're all asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they're all asking for this thing called tongues, this language that they could speak in. And I remember standing at the back going, if you give me that gift and those tongues, I'll believe in you. In other words, if I see it for myself, if I experience it, then I will believe that you're real. But I don't want to do that until I see it. Does that make sense? But faith doesn't come from experience or faith doesn't come by seeing it. Faith comes by hearing it. And then we act on the message of what we hear. And by the way, I went to the front and I said, Lord, fill me with this gift. And nothing happened. And then about a week later, somebody said to me, do you know Jesus? And I said, well, I know about Jesus. Yeah, cocky little 27, well, little 27. Of course I know about Jesus. I've taught him in primary school. I can teach you about Jesus. Who are you to tell me? And she says, no, I want you to know Jesus. Do you know him personally? I was like, oh, dear me, this is getting a little bit uncomfortable. And then I gave my life to Jesus. And then when I came back to the UK, I realized I'd, got, I'd made a commitment to Jesus. And I had to tell people. And I went and told somebody for the first time. And I said, I I, I don't know what this means, but I'm doing this Jesus thing. Oh, I felt stupid. And I walked away full of shame. I felt like an idiot. I felt the smallest, most stupid person on the planet. I've just told someone. And this is what happened. I got in my car, I put my hands on the steering wheel, and the Holy Spirit went straight through me. And I and a language came out of my tummy that I'd never known before. You see, I confess Jesus to somebody. And the Bible says, if you acknowledge me before people, I will acknowledge you before the Father, Jesus says. And the point is, it doesn't come by seeing. It doesn't come by experiencing. It comes by the word of God. And am I confessing Jesus? Am I giving my heart and my life to Jesus Christ? You can't trick God. You can't fake it. You have to be sincere and real. Am I giving my heart to Jesus? And then there's a journey you go on. That tests your faith. God doesn't test you, but your faith gets tested in this world. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, not even in church. I hadn't even come to this church. I was in my car, two hands on the steering wheel, I'll never forget it. Peace of God that I've never felt in my life. I felt cleaner than clean, and I began to speak in tongues. I rang my mum, I said, Mother, what is this? I said, Is it German? Is it French? What is it? I can't stop doing it. She says, Keep doing it, Paul. And she explained to me what it was and the, and the edification of my spirit and what it did and the power of God. I just began to pray in tongues all the time. I just couldn't get enough of the Bible. I just wanted to read it and read it and read it. Why? Spirit of God inside of you. Now, some people don't believe in that. They, they like it all in a box. They don't want the power of God in their life. He's with me this morning. So I'm going to just tell some testimonies. How faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It doesn't come by experience. That comes later on. He wants to know that you'll, you trust him with all your heart. So, faith comes from hearing the message. That's lesson 101. Let's just read in Hebrews. We haven't got 101. We've got Hebrews 1.1. Is that all right? That's as close as I could get. Put a zero in there if you're fussy. So, it's, this is, this is, these are Jews, right? And the Jews are writing after the life and the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus and what's gone on. It's a message that's been written to Jews, Okay. And it says this, in the past, God just spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. So in the Old Testament, God would speak to a prophet, then he'd speak to the people. And he wouldn't speak to the people, he'd speak through the prophet, and the prophet would give direction. 
And then he said, or other things, encouragement or whatever, through the prophets at many times and in various ways. So if you read the Old Testament, you'll find prophets. Moses sees a burning bush and God speaks to him through a burning bush. Who would want a burning bush? No, he's like, I'll run away. My house is on fire. Yeah, but God wants to speak to me. No, he's not. My house is on fire. You wouldn't want fire, would you? Scary. All of a sudden, a bush is burning, but then it's not burning. It's like God speaks to him. Or you, or, or you get Ezekiel. God goes to, goes to him and speaks to him in like, visions and dreams. Weird dreams. Bones on the floor and them coming back to life. And you think, wow, who wants visions and dreams? Bones coming back. Skeletons in your back garden coming out the ground. No, just me. I watched the new Ghostbusters. Brilliant if you're an old Ghostbusters fan. If you're not, don't bother. But here's the point. It says, in many ways. But in these last days. Now, they were writing at around about the time of Jesus, after Jesus, okay? They, that was known as the last days. So after the Messiah prophesied was the last days. Joel 2, my spirit will be poured out on all flesh in the last days. So they are in the last days. So if they're in the last days, guess where we are? The last, last days. The last days, right? So when people say, oh, in the last days, we're in the last days, guys. Okay? So in these last days, that includes us. He has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. I'm just going to show us a little chart up here. Okay? So we've got old communication We've got new, and I pinched this off somebody, so it's not mine, it's, it, right? I'm not taking credit for this. Older communication, newer communication. Which ones do you think's best? The newer. We think, oh, I want to see a burning bush. Oh, I want to see a vision. Oh, I want to see all these great things. God doesn't speak to me like that. No, but he's given you something better. Wow. Yeah, but I aren't seeing all these things. No, because he's given you something better. And if you can't hear the better, you won't see the better. But the better is better. Because his name is Jesus. And he's the fulfillment of everything that was spoken about through these prophets. So in the old era, let's have a look how they spoke to us. In the past, in these last days, that's us today. The recipients, who was it? Their ancestors. The Jews, he spoke to them. Israel, the chosen people, the select ones, he spoke through them. He's speaking through those to the nations. Who does he speak to today? To us. God's made a way to speak to you today and it's come to you. All you need is Jesus Christ today. And then who does he use? Who are these agents of change? The prophets. Jeremiah, Isaiah. I mean, Jeremiah gets a really tough time. I wouldn't want to be, you know, people like, oh, I'd love to be a prophet so I could hear from God. Would you? Go and read Jeremiah and see what he goes through. Absolute horrendous times. People reject him. Hard-heartedness. Nobody wants to listen to them. It was a tough time for prophets in the Old Testament. But to us, he speaks to us through his son. You want to hear from God? Number 101. Don't go looking for visions and all of the things that you can try and find. It's the message. The most fundamental... This is our bread and butter, guys. This is 101. If we don't get this, you won't get the rest. 
This is the message that God wants to say to you, that I love you, that I sent my son for you, that I died on a cross for you, that I sacrificed my life for you for the forgiveness of sin. I rose from the dead and conquered it for you. I'm speaking to you. This is where you'll find the message through the son, nowhere else. There's nowhere else to run. This is the message. This is hearing God 101. Are you still with me? It's back to basics. And do you know what? We think, oh, this is the simple message. I've got that. It's not the simple message. Most battles that you are going to face is around this one. It's around knowing Jesus, believing Jesus, believing the teachings of Jesus. That is the battles today in one way. He doesn't say one way, but it's implied one way. It's Jesus. Jesus. All things were made through Jesus. Jesus is the hope of the world. Jesus is the one who conquered sin and death. It's Jesus. It's God's message to us. The love of God is in Jesus this morning. Are you still with me? You see, the old revelation, it was expansive. It was powerful. Not only did it speak to Israel at the time, but it all spoke so spoke forward of a promise and what could come of Israel. So it was expansive, and it, through time you all heard these different revelations, God revealing himself. But the challenge with it, with it was this. It was a bit fragmented and not yet complete. But the New Testament, Jesus, is not fragmented. It is the message. It is whole. It is complete. It is the fulfillment of everything that they spoke about. And it's found in Jesus Christ. The problem with it is, is this. It's not look, it doesn't look great to the world. Because a, um, a, a God dying on a cross looks defeated. It looks weak. It looks human. We want to see the supernatural of God. It's the foolishness to those who are not getting saved, but to those who are saved. It's the wisdom of God, church. It's the number one thing that we need to know if we're going to hear from God is Jesus Christ. Are you still with me? Faith comes from hearing and hearing what? The message of Jesus. Carboth, Carboth, he was a theologian. And he, had, he, had, he was an intelligent man. He, 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 he believed certain things and he was instrumental within the politics of Germany. And, you know, and then the war broke out and Hitler brought his regime in. It all started to crumble. And, and his faith began to crumble and he, he didn't know what he was, who he was or he didn't know if he even believed anymore. And he was confused and lost because everything he'd set up is systematic theology how he boxed God into all these things and how he was getting all this knowledge it was all now falling apart because what he believed and then he had this moment one day reading the Bible reading about Jesus and he went back to the simplicity of Jesus and he realized it was just about Jesus and all this other stuff was getting in the way and it was Jesus that he needed the narrative the story of Jesus and then he says this, to him we belong who here makes himself heard. This, the account of Jesus that he listened to, that he heard, 
And Jesus revealed himself as he put his faith in Jesus. And then he says this, having heard and encountered the living God, I cannot proceed as nothing has happened. Who's encountered the living God this morning? You can't go back, church, when you've encountered him. Once you've witnessed and seen who Jesus is, you can't go back. You can only go forward. And Carl Barth encountered Jesus again and said, I can't go back to the old way. I have to go forward. It's the revelation of Jesus. How do we get that? A sincere heart. A dose of humility and recognizing God. I just need you in my life. Sometimes our lives are falling apart. Sometimes they're all together. But we recognize there's something missing in our lives. And we ask Jesus and say, Jesus, I recognize. I don't want to walk that way anymore. I want to walk with you. So, lesson, hearing 101. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the message of Jesus. Are we getting that? Is it, it's basic, yeah? But it's fundamental. It's our bread and butter. We can't move away from that. You know, and God may speak to you in other ways, through visions, through different things, but it's always going to testify about Jesus. It's always going to model Jesus in your life. Jesus to you and Jesus through you, that is God's plan. You know, God's blueprint for your life is to, for you to recognize that you're made in the image of God and then to walk in that image so that you go and love like God loves. That is the blueprint for God. So God's going to speak to you and minister to you so that blueprint is being formed in your life. So... If you want to know, if, if you want to walk with God, then we have to listen to that. Is what, oh, we'll go on to that in a minute. I'm jumping the gun, okay? So that's 101. Ready? One, 202. Some of you are like, I don't get this one. It seems a bit airy-fairy. It seems a bit floaty. It seems a bit out there. I think this is really key. And I've called it, we learn and sing his song. Anybody like singing? Anybody think they're good at singing? I do. Well done, Adam. Yeah, I do. In my own head, right? Ed Duck, I am great at singing. But when it comes out, I'm not good at singing. But in my mind, I'm great at singing. Anybody else? Anybody think they're good at dancing? I am amazing at dancing. You're laughing at I am amazing at dancing in my head, right? But when I dance, well, I'm not bad. But my kids tell me, Dad, it's not cool. So they don't sit with us anymore. So, it, 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 you know, because I'm embarrassing. But I think I'm good. I think I've got it together. I can sing. You know, I should go on strictly for the dancing. I should be on the voice. I should be, I should be on it all. I've got it. And then the reality comes out. And I'll, actually, I'm singing a different song and I'm dancing. Does this make sense? You see, I just want to look at Matthew chapter 3. It's Jesus, have we got it? It's Jesus before he gets baptized. Chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, in whom I am well pleased. You know, what happens here is Jesus comes to John, okay, 
in, in John is wanting Jesus to baptize him, right? Jesus baptized him. Now, John is the last of the Old Testament prophets, okay? He's the last. He, he is, and, and Jesus, Jesus, we'll look in a minute, basically said that he is like the greatest. Of all those Old Testament prophets who could hear from God, John is the greatest, okay? But John gets it, I'm not saying he gets it wrong, but there's something not quite fitting with what Jesus wants to do. Jesus, you are to baptize me. And Jesus says, no, you are to baptize me so that all things are fulfilled. John consents to Jesus. In other words, it's not my song, it's his song. It's not my will, it's his will. Are you getting it? So sometimes we get it wrong. We have expectations of what we think God is going to do. And he doesn't do it. And if we're not careful, we take offense or we get discouraged or we get disillusioned or we get lost and we stop coming to church because the expectation we had, God hasn't fulfilled it. It's really important this is when we're hearing from God because sometimes we create expectations and they don't happen and then we think God's let us down. Did God really say that? What does Jesus want to teach you, not what you're trying to teach Jesus? So... And I think this is a hard lesson to learn in following and hearing God. We like the message, but now I've got to hear God and follow God. That's discipleship. So let's look at um, where we're going. Luke 7 then. So what's happening here, Jesus is doing some teaching and some of the religious people, the Pharisees, aren't happy with him. Because of his behavior, he's gone and hung around with sinners and tax collectors. John has gone with uh, other people, and they're calling, him, they're calling him a demon, right? And they're calling Jesus a drunken and a glutton, right? I mean, what names to call Jesus, yeah? Jesus, you're just a drunk hanging around. It's about the association. If you associated with people in those days, these religious people tarred you with the same brush, right? So... It says this, Luke seven twenty seven. This is the one about whom it was written, John. I will send my messenger ahead of you, Isaiah, prophet, prophesying about the fulfillment that's going to come through John, who will prepare the way before you. He says, I tell you, among these born of women, aren't most people born of women? Jesus, well, you, I tell you, among these born of women, there is no one greater than John. Okay, so Jesus is saying John is the greatest, but John doesn't always get it right. And then he says this, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Do you know what? This really humbles me. I think John is the greatest, but the least in the kingdom are greater than John. And I thought, how does that happen? Well, I think it's in there. I tell you, among these born of women... John was born of a woman. Jesus was born of a woman, but he was also born of God. So if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, not only are you born of a woman, but you're born of God. That is supernatural now. Your connection is not just a natural connection to your earthly mother. Your connection now is a supernatural to the God of heaven. So John, who didn't have that connection like we have, we have a greater connection than John had. 
John was fulfilling what God wanted to do, but guess what, church? We've got an even greater connection. That's good news. Anybody born again here this morning? Anybody put their faith in Jesus Christ this morning is born of God. And you have a better connection than what John had. Do you believe that? Because if you don't believe this, you won't hear. But if you believe it, you've got a better connection than the Old Testament prophets had. And then he says these words. This is verse 32. So he gives this parable. Some parables I struggle to understand at times that Jesus gives, right? Some of them are clearer. Some of them he explains. Some of them he just leaves hanging there and you're like, what the heck does that mean, Jesus? Okay? So he gives this parable, okay? And he says this. They are like children, these religious people, sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you, and I want to sing this, you know what I mean? I, I, but I can't sing, but in my own head I can sing, yeah? So, we played the pipe for you, and you did not dance, you did not dance. We played the pipe for you, he's getting it, you see, I sound good. He played the pipe for me, yeah? Do, do you know what I mean? I sound amazing in here, how's it sounding online? Oh, thumbs down. So he said, we played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang the dirge, and you did not cry. So, so the, the, the religious people were sitting there saying, we played this dance and you didn't dance for us. We played this dirge which, is a dirge, which is a funeral song, and you didn't cry when we wanted you to cry. And then Jesus says this, yet wisdom is vindicated and shown by, the right, by right by all her children. In other words, it's the fruit that demonstrates your right walking with Jesus. What are they trying to do here? They're trying to get Jesus danced to their song. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. You're not understanding this, church. Listen, you dance to my song. I say when the joyful song is singing, and I say when the funeral song is playing. And you play to my song, you don't play to their song. If I want to sit with tax collectors, I'll sit with tax collectors, and I will determine the environment around those tax collectors. You won't tar me with that brush. I will determine the environment of where I go. It's my song, Jesus says. I play the music. I've called the notes. I tell you what the words are. You just need to listen to my words. You need to hear my song. And you need to go with the song as you go and sing it wherever you go. Because it's my song. You got it? And people will try and get you to dance with their song. The world will try and get you to dance to their song. But Jesus says, I got a better song. It's a song of joy. And I'll meet you where you're at. I don't know why I'm doing this. Thanks, Ben. He said it worked. It's part of my dance. You see what I'm saying? Jesus is the one with the tune. Jesus is the one with the words. He is the word. Jesus is the one whose tune we need to learn. You know, I really feel this sometimes. In church, we're not good at we're not good with funeral songs. We're not, we're not good with hearing the, hearing the sound that Jesus wants to teach us when we're grieving. We've got to sing a joyful song because we've got to keep praising the Lord. No, Jesus meets you in your funeral song. Jesus meets you when you're hurting. He comes to you in that place and comforts you and heals you. And, and he makes his presence more and more known when you're going through the storm. He's in it with you. But then there's times when there's the mountaintop and you need to, come on church, we need to sing a joyful song. 
Are you still with me? So faith comes from hearing hearing the message. And we learn to sing, dance and sing to his song. You know, I I can be terrible at this. I I can like, I, I, I can have what I believe God has said to me and I know some truth. And I've done it with Sarah on many occasions and with many people. And if I've done it to you, I'm sorry. It's not my heart. But I can go because something's bubbling up in me. And I think, oh, this is what God showed me. And I can go into a situation and I can say, and they can tell me all of their pain. And I go, well, we just need to praise the Lord. And it's like, there's no sensitivity (laughs) towards the individual. Does that make sense? Because my song at the moment is a joyful song and their song is a dirge. And that's okay because they're in that moment. So what do we do? Jesus says, wisdom is vindicated and shown to be right by all her children, by the lifestyle, moral character, and good deeds by her followers. Anybody like shopping? A few people. Oh, dear me. Anybody not like shopping? Not food shopping, clothes shopping. Come on. You need to go shop. You need to go buy yourself. Treat yourself. And if you, if you haven't got the money, come and see Ben. Because he'll treat you. <laughs> Steffi, sorry. Steffi does the money. Right, Steffi. The, but have you ever, you, ever go, you ever go to the shop, right? And you, you, you go in the sales. You, I don't tend... I'm not the person who goes Boxing Day at 9 o'clock in the morning. You know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not, I'm not that precious about it. Okay? I don't queue up outside. There's people who queue up outside. I went in Manchester the other week and there was people, it was nine o'clock in the morning and there was a shoe shop, right? And there was four lads outside and they'd got bags of shoes all on their shoulders, right? JD bags and they got them all. And they were waiting for the door open so when the door opened, they could go in and buy probably Nike Jordan trainers. I was like, man, they're enthusiastic about that. You know, when I go, this is what I'll do. I'll wait till after the sales, right? And then I'll go in and I'll look and I'll go to the sale rail. Anybody love the sail rail? And I start going through the sail rail, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I like that one, but then it's like, and you pick it out, it's like, X, 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 Al. It's like, everything. and then you go further along, it's like, extra, extra, S. It's like, there's no sizes for me. And then you find one, it's like, it's medium, but I'm large, I'll get in it. So, so, so you get it out, and you put it on, and you put it on, and I look at Sarah, what do you think? She's like, If you lose a bit of weight, I'm like, what's up with me weight? If you, and you're like, I'll buy it and I'll lose weight. Anybody do that? I'll, I'll buy it. It'll motivate me to lose weight. And it's still in the wardrobe now. And, you, and, and you're looking for things. And then you, and you look at it and, she's, and, and they always do this. It does me head in. I wish they wouldn't do it. She does it every time. Anyone who works in the shop, they do it every time. Do you know what they do? Stick your arms out. And it goes up the arm. Anybody know? Told you it didn't fit. I'm not going on my arms. When am I going on my arms? You praise God every week in church. I won't do it. I'll take it off. I'll take it off. I'll get changed. I won't, won't do it because it looks too... You do that, don't you? And you convince yourself it fits. You're like, it fits. And you go home and you wear it. And you show everyone. And everyone's like, they know it doesn't fit. But they just don't tell you. And you think you're cool. And it shows every nook and cranny and... You six-pack people, you love them. You're like, look, mine fits. And no, it doesn't. It's just showing off your muscles, right? But you, 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 you put your arm out and it's like, it's too short. And everyone knows it's too short. It doesn't fit. 
Why do I tell you that? Because this is what wisdom is. This is what wisdom is. Lesson 303, growing in wisdom. So how, Paul, do we grow in wisdom? We grow in wisdom by seeing if it fits. Bear with me. Proverbs 26 verse 1 says this. Snow is fitting in winter. Anybody like snow? Yeah, a few people. Dave, Dave is the biggest fan of snow on the planet. I mean, he's calculated when snow comes 16 months in advance. I don't know how he does it. But snow is fitting in winter, and it says, this, this must be for a different environment, right? This is probably somewhere in the Middle East or when, it, when, it, when it's written. For, right? So it says this, rain is fitting for summer, not in the UK, although it just fits. We get everything all year round, don't we? But it's fitting in summer. And then it says, honour is not fitting for a fool. So it's not good for us to champion idiots, is it? Oh, look at their wonderful behaviour. Aren't they amazing? They, they just keep causing as much ruckus and let's champion them. I think in school sometimes they get, it's hard work because they, they, they're getting most of the attention because they're making most noise. But the Bible teaches us that honour is not fitting for a fool. It's not good to glorify foolishness. So we have to find out what fits for our season. So, I get this all the time. I don't know about you. God, tell me what to do. God, show me what to do in this situation. Or you go to someone and you say, can you, can you pray a prayer for me so God will show me what to do? And 99% of the time, God doesn't show us what to do. Why? Because he wants us to use our own intelligence and to search for him and to search for wisdom to see what fits. Because what fits for you might not fit for someone else. Is this making sense? So how you love your, your friend might not fit with how your friend loves you because you like love in a different way. Love languages, five love languages, great book by Chapman, is it, right? So love has different ways and it has different fits. Wisdom is the same, it fits to different things. You still with me? Good, I'm glad you are. You know, this is, this is one, one of the questions. When you're young, you're like, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And you worry about it, don't you? It's like this pressure comes upon you. What am I going to do with my life? Oh, what am I going to be? How am I going to serve God? And all these questions. You spend all this time and people even come to me. Will you pray for me so you can show me what God wants? Listen, we've all got a responsibility to find our fit. And the only way you're going to find your fit is by having a go at something. And if you don't fit, what do you do? Try something else. If that doesn't work, what are you going to do? Try something else. Where does wisdom come from? Trying something. I didn't work. I tried to love my wife in that way. I wasn't her love language. Let's try something else. Does that make sense? You have to try things in order to find out what wisdom is. In other words, there has to be practical application of God's words in order that you'll find your fit. And you'll try it and you'll go, that fits. I get that. It fits. So hearing from God isn't... We, it's not that black and white. It's not that simple. There are some principles in the Bible that God teaches us. So hard work 
you know, lessons like submission and understanding authority and respecting people. All of those principles are in here and God teaches them. But there are specific things we might need and we, we want direction or we're not sure. Well, God has to teach us ourselves and we have to go through those things. You ask anybody who's been through bereavement. They, are now, they now have a sensitivity that they didn't have before to people who are going through bereavement. How did they get that? By going through something and they gained wisdom in and through it. They have a fit that they didn't have before because they've gone through it. And sometimes I think we're like, where's God when we're going through something? God's in it and he's teaching you. Right? He's, he's in the waters and he's, he's, on the, he's in it all and he wants to teach you and take you through it so that you can gain something from it so that that in that season that fitted you can now you can help others in the fitting of their seasons that they're going through. So growing in wisdom, you've got to see if it fits. Sometimes it doesn't fit. And you're like this, yeah, I'm doing well. No, you're not. Yeah, my money's all sorted. No, it's not. Look at your sleeve. You're in a mess. No, it's all right. I'll keep going. God is with me. Come on, you can do this. Let's find the right fit. Let's use the word of God in your life and let's apply it so that you can see and people can go, wisdom is seen by your children. I can see the evidence of your wisdom in the life that you live, not in just the words on your mouth. Grow in wisdom. I'm going to share, I don't know what I'm doing on time here. I'm just going to share a testimony. And, and honestly, I would not, 99% of the time, this is not how I would teach people to hear from God. But I've also learned that I can't box God into what I think. Does that make sense? So I would teach people to hear the message of Jesus. When you read your Bible, I would teach people to f- the context. Read the, what was the context of that letter when it was being written. Understand the context of what was being written at the time. That's how you read your Bible. However, I'm reading my Bible on one day. Now my context is, I'm a little bit confused because I've come back from Africa. I want to go back to Africa. My heart is for Africa and the children. And what is coming out of my mouth is I'm going to go to Africa. I even use God's name to justify what I'm doing. God's told me to go to Africa, which then defers all responsibility for if it goes wrong because God's told me. There's a little one for us, right? Take that from my wife. She's taught me that one. God's told me, God's told me, God's told me. It goes wrong. It's God's fault. You ever, do, you, do you ever go the car, do you ever pick the kids up from school? Say, say, say you don't, or you, you go and do something, right? Whatever task it is, Sarah says to me, can you pick the kids up from school? And I go to school, and I go on the car park, and hey, Sarah's told me to pick the kids up. Don't forget, Sarah's pick the kids up. I, I get on the car park, and all these people there, and I go up to them and say, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm going there. Sarah's told me to pick the kids up. Sarah's, called me, Sarah's told me to pick the kids up. Guess what? Sarah's told me to You don't do it. But why do we do it with God. It's just odd church. God's told me, 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 he has. Defer responsibility. If God's told you, you don't need to tell the world, just get on and do it. It's simple. And the evidence of that wisdom will be you'll produce fruit, not just hot air, right? If God's told you, do it. And it'll produce fruit and give him glory. So here's one day, I'm reading my Bible. And I'm reading it, and I, I want to go to Africa because I've come back and I've got saved. And I, it's all about me, right? The world's about me and what God's done in my life, and I'm excited. I want to go to Africa. I'm going to Africa. I'm telling everyone, right? I've just got saved. I've been passionate about Jesus. I'm reading His Bible. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I want to tell everyone. I'm reading the Bible, and I go to. I'm reading it just in Acts 28, and it says this one day. For two whole years, 
Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. That doesn't fit into Africa. It jumped off the page, boof. And I remember sitting there going, man, God is speaking to me from this. I don't recommend how you read your Bible like this, but I'm telling you, God can speak to you. And there were some things where I wanted Jesus dance to my tune because I thought it was the best tune on the planet. But he's telling me, I've got a different song and a different dance for you. That's not the direction we're going, Paul. So I sit there and I go, oh, I'm living in a rented house. I've not been in it two years yet. Can it hurry up? So I'm like, what do I do? Okay, that's it. And I'll tell you what happened when I submitted to that. The peace of God, the, 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 the contentment and the rest that was in me was like nothing I'd ever felt. I'm like, I don't need to go Africa. If I go Africa, we'll go Africa. But that's not where I'm at at the moment. Why am I telling you that? Because sometimes we've danced in our own song and Jesus wants to just, because he knows best for us. And I'll tell you what, I stayed in that rented house and it says in there, and he welcomed all who came to see him. And if it wasn't for me rent, staying in that house and going off to Africa, I wouldn't have met the love of my life. And I wouldn't have had the beautiful kids that I'm having. And we wouldn't have been doing what we're doing with the church. Because God's wisdom, God's wisdom was not my wisdom. His direction, he knew what he wanted me to do. And as I submit to that, the fruit of what you do is evident. I didn't need to go and tell everybody that God's told me to stay in a rented house for two years. But I'm going to, do you know what I mean? God's told me, stay in a rented house two years. God's told me, guess what I'm doing? I'm staying in a rented house two years. So just think you're off your head. Just hear it and do it. And if it fits into where you're at at the time, it's fitting, it's wisdom. And I believed it was, and I submitted to his tune. I'm dancing his dance. And I'm so glad I blinking danced his dance because it's the best dance I've been dancing ever since. Does that make sense? So God can speak to you personally. It comes, first of all, through the message. We learn to get what his dance is and listen to his tune. And you've got to learn to grow in wisdom. Does it fit for me? You can ask people, you can read books, but ultimately, it's you that takes the responsibility for your walk and you decide, does this fit for me? I'm going to try it. And listen, there's no condemnation in God. If it goes wrong, he still loves you. Get up and go again. Does that make sense? You've got the rest of your life to enjoy this. Stop worrying about it, living in fear that God's going to remove things for you. He wants to encourage you and equip you for life so that you can live in the fullness of what he has for you. So, does that make sense? Back to basics. 101, 202, 303. There's lots we could talk about here. Those are the things I just wanted to share with you this morning. So, Proverbs 15, 23 says this. To make an apt answer is a joy to anyone. And a word in season, how good it is. Now, I believe God wants to give people words in season. Whatever season you're in this morning, God wants to speak to you. Whatever that, whatever, however it comes to you, whether you're reading your Bible one day or somebody in the body of Christ can give you a word of encouragement, God wants to speak to you. You know, the, Israel struggled with this for many years and God would send prophets. And there's one occasion in Ezekiel and God sends Ezekiel to speak to the people. And the people have been fed up with the disillusionment and, and they've got pretty hard-hearted. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And he, and he speaks these words. He says, God says, therefore say to the Israelites, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, people of Israel, 
In other words, it's not just about you. There's a bigger picture here. That I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my name, which have been profaned among the nations. The name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord. God says, they'll know it by the evidence of God working in your life. And then he says this, I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you, through you before their eyes. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you will be clean. That is a great promise this morning. You're clean because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a greater promise than what Ezekiel promised to them. We have the fullness of God's forgiveness this morning. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. And then he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove you from you, your heart of stone, and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors and you will be my people and I will be your God. You know, life's tough sometimes. People hurt us, we hurt people, we lose loved ones, Our hearts can grow hard. We struggle to hear God when our hearts are hard because our hardness of heart. And this is what I believe, church. God doesn't stop knocking at the door. He doesn't stop his promise. But what he does is promises renewal. He promises restoration. He promises a new heart, a heart of flesh and compassion and love and forgiveness and tenderness towards others when we come to him. And I really believe in here, there's people that God wants a flesh. He wants to renew in you and restore in you a new heart. And just like me, I was broken. I I gave my life to Jesus and he gave me a new heart. So that I could love people like he's loved me. And I believe there's people in here this morning that he's speaking to. Now God will speak to you through the preached word. He'll speak to you in the written word. As your hearts come to him with a sincere heart, you seek him, he will speak to you. You can't, you can't kid him. He knows when you've got a sincere heart. And he knows your willingness to follow him. You just have to be genuine. So let us pray this morning. You know, if you're here this morning, you want God to speak to you. I mean, just say this in your head and in your heart. Lord, please speak to me this morning. And I'm going to pray. Jesus, we come to you this morning. You're the living God. You're alive. You're here with us this morning. Father, I pray for people who are here. Father, I pray that you would renew in them a new heart, a new spirit. Maybe where things have hurt them. Maybe where they've lost loved ones. Or maybe where they've, like John the Baptist at times, got it wrong and thought you were going to do something. They live in the disappointments. Father, I pray that as they release that, they ask for forgiveness. Father, I pray that you would do a new thing within them. That you would bring healing. That their hearts 
would flow again, not just with blood, but with life. And it would be a life that is fulfilling. It would be a life that has purpose. It would be a life that has victory. It would be a life that overcomes the past. It would be a life, Lord, that glorifies you and give praise to you, God, because what you have done in them, what you have put within them. And I pray this morning, as you receive Jesus Christ, God would fulfill his promise of putting his spirit within you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. And by the way, I'm no longer in that rented accommodation. I lived in it for two years, exactly to the week. God knew, but God knew what was to come. He's a God who is wonderful. He's good. You can trust him with all your heart. You can trust him with all your life. And you can give him all the praise.